Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Women in Tech SEO podcast. I'm Reej and I'm the founder of Women in Tech SEO. And today joining me is the brilliant Karen Julia, wedding photographer and SEO consultant. Hey Karen. Hey, it's great to be here, Reej. This season is sponsored by Novos. Novos, the London-based e-commerce SEO agency, has won multiple awards for their SEO campaigns, including Best Global SEO Agency of the Year, two years running. Trusted by over 150 global e-commerce brands, including the likes of Bloom & Wild, Patch & Thread, Novos provides technical e-commerce SEO expertise with a creative edge by specialising across platforms like Shopify and Magento. They have been named as one of 2021's best workplaces in the UK and with a diverse, gender-balanced team are a culture-first agency. Check them out on thisisnovos.com or follow on LinkedIn at thisisnovos. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on board and I love that. I think from the very first time we ever spoke, I remember you telling me all about how you're a wedding photographer. So... Yeah, introduce yourself to everyone and let us know what, what you do in your world. Awesome. Well, I'm a wedding photographer, as as you've, you've mentioned, and I'm also an SEO consultant as well. Um, the approach I have with the SEO is to um, really kind of coach and empower and educate clients. So it's a little bit of a, a kind of random way that I got into this. I didn't really set out intending to do SEO. But I found from my own business, I wanted to be found more by the right client. And Google, as we know, is a fantastic matchmaker. So I started learning SEO back in 2007 and um, got my website ranking really well and then went through all the trials and tribulations with like Panda and Penguin and um, got uh, banned from Google at one point. (laughs) And it was purely accidental. I was not intending to be naughty. Um, but I realized then that you can't really do SEO um, kind of half-heartedly, you know, it's, it's kind of all or nothing because there's so many kind of updates and changes and um, it's a constantly evolving kind of space really. So I, I realized that I needed to improve my uh, knowledge and my kind of resources as well in terms of where I was getting trusted information from. And that's when I really started to kind of get into a bit more around about 2013 2014 Um, and that's when I started helping people in the community the photography community that I'm in yeah I mean do you work with like do you help other wedding photographers optimize their websites I do I have a client base of photographers around the world um, from the US Um, I've worked with uh, clients in New Zealand Australia uh, kind of I'm thinking there's a couple of different African countries as well, um, Europe. So I have an international client base and really the niche that I specialize in is wedding photography specifically. Yeah. And how do you currently split your time between the SEO consultancy and the wedding photography? Well, wedding photography is quite seasonal. Um, in the UK, the wedding season's April to September. So it's previously before I realized how much I love SEO and helping other photographers uh, I was shooting about 40 or 50 weddings a year but with um, the kind of SEO uh, consultancy work that I do now I tend to split it more evenly so in summer there's more of a focus on 
photographing weddings. So that's kind of April to September. And then my main kind of SEO season, if you like, is October to March. So I do still do a couple of weddings out of season and I still do have SEO clients out of my SEO season as well. Um, But with the pandemic, it's actually been uh, quite helpful, I think, to have an alternative um, special specialism Uh, so I have been uh, had kind of working with more clients during this the summer of last year and this year yeah I can imagine I I have a really good friend of mine um, both her and her husband they have a wedding photography business and I know things have been really difficult and um, you know not very obvious in terms of rules and regulations so um, it must be really good to kind of have that balance between both and be able to juggle both I love the variety and I, I've always been the type of person that loves doing a variety of different things. You know, I, I, I think variety is a spice of life and to be able to photograph weddings and be out at the weekend and kind of working with um, big groups of people, but also the kind of educational side of what I do means that I get to speak to wonderful um, creative, talented photographers around the world. And it's a really kind of rewarding job, really. <laughs> um, so it's something I get a lot out of. Yeah, I love that. And I also I'm really, really thankful to how um, you're you're always on the Facebook group on Women in Tech SEO and you're always answering people's questions. So, you know, as a brilliant woman, like what empowers you today and what empowers you to be, you know, juggling both those things at the same time? Education is so powerful. And I think really for me, I think the the kind of concept of maybe having limits limited access to knowledge can really have an influence in terms of holding people back or not being able to kind of truly shine so I'm really passionate about education it kind of drives everything I do and with the clients that I work with or with the the people in the community that I spend time supporting so I kind of allocate a little bit of time every week to make sure um that I've kind of spent a little bit of time maybe supporting others in the community and part of the the mentorship uh, program within Women in Tech SEO as well. You know, I think I'm I'm really passionate about education. It's something that from quite a young age, I had to fight quite hard to be able to continue my own education. And I just think that that shouldn't be a limit to anyone. You know, we're in a community, even amongst competitors, when we all kind of have the knowledge to be able to kind of truly um, be the best version of ourselves, then we're able to kind of focus on other things like what makes our business different or what are the unique things that we can bring, whether it's to a market or to a community um, or to any space really. So education and kind of empowerment is what really drives me. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And, you know, for women who are listening, who are just starting off in the SEO industry, like what advice would you give them? I think really don't be afraid to niche down. It's the world needs more experts. Um, there's lots of generalists out there that, and there's nothing wrong with being a generalist at all. But I think being an expert in a specific niche provides almost less competition in a way, but also a better kind of experience for clients, and that's no bad thing, you know. So I think if there's something that you're really passionate about or that you care deeply about then being able to create a kind of niche in that area is something that may kind of mean that you enjoy your job more and also your clients can benefit from all the kind of subtle nuances within that specific niche. Um, 
so I think that would be my kind of initial, you know, if, if I was kind of starting over again right now and thinking about um, what uh, maybe SEO uh, area I wanted to focus on, um, I think doing something that was maybe connected to like a hobby or an interest that you've got a little bit of background in that someone who wasn't involved in that area might not know. Um, I think that can actually be really beneficial. And I think the other thing is as well, you know, take take part in the kind of community options that are out there. I think the 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 work that you have done in the industry and in the SEO industry arage is I just continue to be impressed and um just just find you a real inspiration to be honest in terms of everything that you've done for the community I think there's so many resources out there so I would say that to anyone that's starting out you know don't be afraid to ask for help there's lots of people that are more than happy to um, share resources and skills and knowledge um, if you are maybe needing help getting started then the mentorship program that women in tech SEO do is fabulous um you know, there's been lots of great feedback from that, from previous cohorts and things. So I think that that's really the, the key things, you know, um, focus on what you love and don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love that. And you're completely right. And I think within not just our community, but within any community, you you tend to find, you know, uh, people who from are from all stages and all walks of life, you know, some who have been doing this for over 10 years and others who are just starting out and everyone has something very valuable and very helpful to offer so oh absolutely and it's the sort of industry where even if you've been in it a long time like I've been um, SEO optimizing websites uh, for since 2007 really but in a way we're all kind of quite new in terms of you know new updates there's it's a constantly changing um, ecosystem or kind of environment really so I think that kind of keeps it exciting and it keeps it fresh and it means that even people that maybe haven't been in the industry that long like I constantly learn new things all the time you know so just because someone's new doesn't necessarily mean that they're they're either less experienced or knowledgeable and I think it's a little bit different from other industries you know because of the the constantly changing situation and the, the freshness of, of kind of information yeah yeah absolutely love that so today we are here to talk about all things image optimization which completely makes sense within your niche and your industry so maybe we can start off by just telling us a little bit about what, what is the importance of image optimization. Really, there's a, there's a lot of different levels to this. So well-optimized images are going to provide a better user experience just from the simple point of view of pages being able to load faster. So that's a key thing we know for kind of user experience, especially in, in line with the core web vitals and the, the overall page experience um, situation with Google. Um, there's also the kind of really allowing Google to play matchmaker with getting content in front of the right people. So there's a lot of different little small things that you can do with images to really help Google understand them better and help, I suppose, kind of be shown for more of the right search results. And if you think that within a, you know, a bit of text content, there's lots of different kind of ways that you could write the one article and adapting the ways of writing that article can help um, with Google Play Matchmaker a bit better. Um, images are the same, but if you've got quite a lot of them in the page, then each one of those images is a little opportunity to just be kind of spreading the net of who you could be shown to. 
so it's a really kind of powerful opportunity um you know in terms of making sure that they're optimized properly yeah and I guess with some people, they can either be starting off a website completely from scratch, which then makes it a little bit easier to start thinking about that from the beginning. But with other folks, this is something they might be thinking of a few years down the line of having a website that already has tons of images. So what and at which point in the process is this something to prioritize and to think about? Well, ideally, um, the, the time to kind of think about image optimization is before you even import images into the software that you're going to use to edit them. Um, but there's a couple of different approaches I take. I think if it's a client with a new website, then we can get those systems in place right off the bat, and that's great. When I'm working with clients who maybe have larger, messy websites, which is more often the case, then it's a case of really kind of choosing what's going to give us the best return for our time right now and starting to put things right. And the great situation at the moment is there's lots of different software out there to be able to see how things are performing, to see if we've got um, images ranking in search. So we can use that, get some kind of information and then make a decision strategically to kind of focus on the areas first. And it's just a case of chipping away at it um but aside aside from that i think having the correct processes in place is so so important i'd highly recommend that everyone have a kind of um set process a set um, range of steps for image optimization and that ensures that you've kind of completed all the the different potential opportunities that you can have for your photos and that should really start at the kind of before you've even imported any photos. Yeah, and I know that you've mentioned that you wanted to share a little bit about that process that you have in mind and what you tend to do with different clients. Do you tend to start at a certain way or are there different ways depending on the, the website and the scale of of how many images they've got on? Um, I mean, I tend to kind of personalize things to a specific client, but I think in, for the benefit of it, our listeners, that process usually involves a bit of software called Adobe Lightroom. Now, I'm not sponsored or connected to them or in any way, um, but I would kind of really highly recommend it because it enables um, photos to be uh, optimized in, in a bulk type way, which is awesome for time efficiency. I'm all about time efficiency and having processes and systems in place. So within... Um, Adobe Lightroom, uh, when you import photos, you can apply a metadata preset. And really, that's the first stage in terms of the photo optimization. So when you've got a metadata preset, essentially what that does is add some EXIF data to the file. And there's all sorts of valuable information that you can add in there. Um, the copyright situation, who took the photo, where the photo was taken. Um, so there's lots of opportunities right away before the photos have even went near a website to get some valuable information there. And I know um, Google's been beta testing, showing image licensing. So that's something that's going to uh, really provide useful information for Google to show if photos are copyrighted or not. So that that's usually where I would kind of start in that process. And one of the things that I've found out that it really doesn't seem to be common knowledge, I don't think, is that Adobe Lightroom have a, a cloud version of the software. I typically use Classic, as do most of my photography clients. But the cloud version would be perfect for agencies because it means that you can um, have cloud-level access, you know, from a, a bunch of different departments 
remotely for optimized photos. So that's something that, you know, is going to be an efficiency and a, and a time saver. Yeah, that's really, really helpful. That's something I personally wasn't aware of. So I'm sure a lot of folks on the audience will find that very helpful. And what is some way that we can measure whether, how can we say, okay, yep, that's great. This is now considered optimized or no, there's more work that needs to be done on it. I think SEO in general is an ongoing, continual process. Um, Certainly with all the, the various kind of steps that you can take in terms of image optimization, something that should help images being shown. So the way that I usually would measure the success for that is using or, or analyzing the data within Google Search Console. We've got a whole um, wealth of data to show what terms a, a page is being shown for. Um, but also Hrefs is really good for showing whether um, SERP features have been shown for any given URL. And that's something that I usually kind of refer to to monitor the success of a, of a campaign. I know that if the files are named really well and they're sized um, in a, an appropriate way to be as kind of as fast loading as possible and optimized really well, I know that that has a knock-on positive effect with increasing the chance of those photos being shown in search. So I use Hrefs to kind of monitor the success of that, but Google Search Console absolutely has its place. Yeah. And what about like if a client shows up and, you know, they've got tens of thousands of these images, what kind of time frame do you have in mind in order to, you know, work on that project and, and have actual things that come out of it where, OK, that, that's pretty much you're, you're in a good state right now? Well, I think if if I'm working on a, a large website, which I've got quite a few at the moment, then the benefit of a software like Lightroom is that you can just bulk import all the photos at once, attach a metadata preset to the whole lot, um, ex- export them all whilst optimizing the, the file names at the same time. So you could either do them in batches to have different file names or you could um, have like a sequential file name situation. Often when I see websites that have maybe just the default file name usually those websites don't have any images been shown in SERPs at all um, and those tend to be the ones that need the most work so really if you don't get the file names right I usually find that there's a lot of other things on there that aren't optimized either um, so in in those situations you know if if that's fits the the situation with the website's performance you can literally just import them all in one go and improve the names and batches and then export them an optimal size so it's actually a fairly efficient process um, if you you work through the different steps um, Lightroom has a map module as well and that allows you to very easily and in a bulk type way add geotagging information so adding the location of different photos then reinforces the location information that might be mentioned in the alt text and I know we're going to get to accessibility in a minute um, but I think having um, the ability to do that in bulk just makes life so much easier because normally when we're talking photos, well, when I say normally, I work with photographers, so they usually have thousands of photos on their on their websites. Um, but being able to do these things in a in a bulk way, I think is is key. Really, you know, makes a big difference. Yeah, and I can imagine within your industry and for wedding photographers you know, being able to tag by geolocation and different locations must be really, really helpful because a lot of their their main um, audience are ones who might be searching for wedding photographers in specific locations or even venues. 
Absolutely. So I think the um, optimizing for venues is a is a key thing. And I think if what I what I typically see on underperforming websites is when maybe the the kind of maybe keywords that have been added or um, alt text is all kind of very generic to their main town keyword rather than being focused on details and when I say keywords by the way I'm referring to keywords that can be added in the metadata so I know we've not been using meta keywords since about 2008 um, but there is the option to add a, a couple of keyword phrases into metadata which I haven't found makes a, a kind of I haven't tested this out. I haven't found that it makes a positive difference, but I don't think it does any harm. Um, usually when I optimize photos, I do a whole bunch of different things with them. So it's something that I've not seen a clear benefit where I can say, okay, that has definitely um, made a difference there, but I do tend to just add a couple of keyword phrases anyway. Yeah. And I, and I yeah and I definitely definitely want to touch on accessibility and image optimization because I can count on so many hands the number of times that I've seen something like oh yeah most of your images are missing alt text but that's okay that's low priority so and you know from a, even though it might not be a ranking factor yet it's definitely a human element and it's probably something that we really need to think about prioritizing uh, just for the sake of accessibility and giving folks like a really good user experience. So what's some advice you have on that? Well, I would totally disagree that it's not a priority or not a high priority. And I, I know that, that that's one of these things that could be debated. But in the tests that I've done, I have seen a consistent difference when alt text is optimized. Um, and I've done the tests on a variety of websites in different countries. And whilst things like meta keywords and metadata haven't maybe been conclusive, I can categorically say that if you have well-optimized alt text, your page is going to be shown for more terms and it's going to perform better. And it's also should, um, I would expect it to perform better for the, the kind of main target keyword as well. Um, when you're complying with all those accessibility um, things, you know, I think that's a positive thing for Google, but I also think when you take the time to add the alt text, you just massively widen the net um, in terms of what things that you could be shown for and it's really helpful to google in terms of understanding the page um, so i do see a consistent improvement in performance of pages with optimized alt text so yeah i disagree on that one um, yeah I'm, I'm completely with you on it i'm i completely agree with you i it's just something that's always really surprised me when you look at you know like an, an audit takeaway or an audit summary and then you always find things like, you know, alt text being just very, very downgraded in terms of priority level. It always surprises me to see that. Absolutely. And I think that maybe one of the reasons for that is that if you don't have an image heavy website, then maybe the images are just there for illustration purposes. So I think, you know, different websites and different industries are going to have different levels of importance. But I think the important thing to take into consideration when you're maybe deciding how important that is, is is the the website that you're optimizing in an industry where photos are important? And there's industries out with photography where um, photographs would be really kind of valuable. Um, trying to think of something off the top of my head, but um, you know, I think it's it's worth considering. And really, a lot of the the audit software that is popular within the SEO industry tends to just have a kind of overall default of alt text isn't the hugest deal, you know? But I think I would take a kind of 
um, more of a, a personalised approach on that based on the, the the website itself and the industry. And if it's a photography website, then I would be putting that as a pretty main, um, pretty solid influence and factor in terms of being able to to move the needle on the performance of of the kind of pages on that site. Yeah, 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 absolutely agree. And I know you've mentioned a few platforms and tools already. Are there any others that you'd like to mention that you think audience would find quite helpful in using, uh, mainly just to measure the impact of, of image optimization? I think measuring the impact, I do find Hrefs quite good because it shows the SERP features. So you can see if you've been featured in a like a featured snippet um, or whether you've got some of the other SERP features like um, being shown in images. So I do think that's my, my kind of favorite software for that um, side of things. Um, there is some online software that you can use for free for geotagging photos, but I've not I've tested it out and I've not found it kind of successful in terms of um, using it in a bulk type way <clears throat> for lots of photos. So I think really the best thing I've found is for the kind of cost and um, kind of ability to uh, optimize photos in a bulk type way is Lightroom. Um, so really that's, it's, it's kind of fairly simple on, on that front the, the other software that I use regularly and recommend to my clients is something called JPEG mini now there's alternatives to JPEG mini there's quite a few different types I do have a page on my website that's dedicated to image SEO and uh, I link to a few other tools on there um, JPEG mini is it's designed for kind of lossless compression so before I update upload the, any photos to a website um, you can run it through there and it just makes them smaller, but without changing how they look. So it just kind of gives them a bit of a trim before upload, really. Um, and I find that that really kind of makes a, a bit of a difference. It means that when you're using maybe any uh, plugins that might be doing further optimization, that plugin's got less work to do because the file's already pretty small. Um, so... That is pretty good. But with that, there's quite a few different types of software that essentially do the same thing. So I'd just go with whatever is cheapest or whatever you prefer. Yeah, completely makes sense. And we'll make sure that we, we link to that resource you've just mentioned on your website in the in the episode show notes so that a lot of people can kind of um, yeah do their own research and have some discovery on their end. Well, there's loads of links to resources on there. And there's also a step-by-step um, of my exact process for image optimization so it takes through every single step in the kind of preparation sizing um sort of discussion around lazy loading that type of thing um so it's quite in-depth so I'm hoping that will be kind of valuable and a little bit of a step-by-step -step guide for for people yeah, that sounds perfect, because actually I, I wanted to wrap up and round up by kind of asking if there are any resources you'd recommend for someone who's, you know, starting to learn about this or discover the world of image optimization. So that, that sounds like a really good one to kick things off with. Well, with that page, I have a, um, a select few tutorials on different processes as well, where I kind of talk through um, just in, in some brief videos exactly how things work but also link to some of the other industry resources because there has been some fantastic content put together um, by others in the industry 
so there is there are some really good articles out there. I've not seen any others from anyone that works specifically with really image heavy websites though. Um, so I think the the guide that I've put together is a little bit more of the kind of practical steps of dealing with bulk imagery. Um, but the, there's links to the resources on there anyway. So it's it'd definitely be worth checking out if that's something that listeners are maybe going to be doing in their roles or they're maybe looking to learn more about image optimization hopefully there'll be some valuable tips and um, uh, guidance on there yeah brilliant no no we'll add it definitely in the episode show notes because that sounds really really helpful and you know if, if people want to get in touch with you and ask you more questions uh, or any follow-ups they've got what's the best way to get in touch with you so my website for the SEO kind of services to photographers is just photoseolab.com. Um, my email address is on there. So people are more than welcome to reach out either via email or even on Facebook, um, WhatsApp. You know, I love being able to help others in the community. And whilst I don't always have the most availability, you know, I, I'm quite kind of um, busy with work and stuff. Um, I'm always happy to uh, be able to either point people in the right direction um, or offer any kind of help that I can really. So really through the website is probably the best best place. Amazing. Yeah. And what and what about on the photography, wedding photography side? If if anyone's looking for a wedding photographer, how, how can they get in touch with you on that? Well, I'm based in Glasgow in Scotland. So the photography website is just karenjuliaphotography.com. Um, so I, I specialize in cute little local weddings and I've kind of optimized my website so that I get found for those. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, so I get to work with lots of lots of wonderful little cute venues although I have recently just moved back to Glasgow I was based in Manchester for 12 years so my website is going through a bit of a transition due to the move um but yeah but that's where I could be found for for wedding stuff oh amazing I can yeah so thank you so much Karen I, I think this was really 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 helpful and thanks for you know just being so open about your process and, and sharing all the different tools and platforms that help you get your stuff done Awesome. It's been a pleasure to be here and thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. Um, you know, you can subscribe to all of our episodes. You can find us on Women in Tech SEO forward slash podcast. Uh, we have a new episode out that comes out every Tuesday um, with myself as host, as well as Sarah McDowell. So please do join us and subscribe and maybe even leave us a review. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Karen.